The Koi Gig Pod. I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 weeks gone. That's, it's mad to think of really, it seems kind of archaic. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Welcome back. So we have the football show coming up at nine o'clock when we're going to reflect on the Manchester Derby and the North London Derby. Philippe Beauclair and Jonathan Wilson will be with us for that. Monday Night Rugby coming up after eight. But right now we want to talk about Everton and the crisis that is engulfing the club both on the pitch and off the pitch. I'm joined by Dominic King, who is the Northern Football Correspondent for the Daily Mail. Evening, Jonathan. Or evening, Dominic. Good evening, how are you? I'm all right. So, uh, crisis, I think, is putting it mildly uh, at Everton. On the pitch, then, they are second from bottom in the table. Uh, Ten defeats in all competitions from their last 13 games. 15 points. uh, Joint lowest ever at this stage of the season. There is no question they are right in a relegation fight. And, understandably, there have been murmurings and frustrations and annoyance and outpourings of anger from supporters towards the running of the club in recent weeks and even over recent seasons, but it's really boiled over over the past few days. And the news came through on Saturday morning that the club chairman, Bill Kenwright, their chief executive, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, their finance director and club legend, Graham Sharp, who's uh, also involved at a very senior level, wouldn't attend their game against Southampton because of the nature of police intelligence that had been gathered and maybe that they wouldn't be safe if they went to the game. Now, Merseyside Police have issued a statement today. They've said that they are liaising with Everton Football Club following alleged threats towards directors ahead of the game against Southampton. No threats or incidents were reported to police prior to the game, but we are in communication with the club to establish if any offences have taken place and to ensure that any future reports are received through existing channels. Any threats reported to Merseyside Police will be assessed and investigated as a matter of course and appropriate safety measures implemented. We're also aware of videos in circulation of fans approaching players' cars as they made their way from Goodison after the match. At this stage, no offences have been reported. Uh, This feels somewhat unprecedented, certainly in modern football, uh, the attacks that are coming towards the directors. Can you fill us in as to how this has developed over the past couple of weeks? It's... um there's there's one word I think that sums up the situation quite um, perfectly, and that's toxic. Um, the club issued a statement on um, Saturday lunchtime in which they said that, um, the, the directors not being able to attend the match was a, a profoundly sad day for Everton, and I think it was uh, unwittingly prophetic for, um, for for everything that followed. It, it was a really really sad day. Um, and I'm full of animosity um, outside the stadium after the game with um, young fans running after some of the players and um, videoing it all and putting it on social media. Um, I, I mean, the fact that a, a man of, of Graham's Sharps um, stature and calibre um, wasn't able to attend, uh, even though he even though he wanted to, um, I think speaks volumes. There's, outside the uh, the main stand in, um, in Goodison Park. There's a picture of um, five of Everton's greatest strikers, um, Graham Sharps, uh, on there. The, the picture must be about 60 foot um, from top to bottom of him. Sharpie in his absolute prime. And I just, I think that is is, is indicative of, of where they are. The fact that, he, that a man of his calibre can't even turn up. 
the frustrations of the supporters, obviously it's been an incredibly disappointing on the pitch, and we'll get to that, that have been building over recent years towards the ownership. Like From afar, you might look at everything and think, like, they spent insane money uh, when Farhir Bashiri initially came in. Uh, you remember that summer when they signed Davy Klassen and Michael Keane and, you know, Gilfie Sigurdsson for 40 million. They brought Cheng Tussin in for over 20 million. Theo Walcott was there, brought Wayne Rooney back to the club. And they're in the process, finally, of building their brand new state-of-the-art season. So money has gone in in terms of players, maybe not in the last couple of years, but under this ownership, and they're making that big investment around the stadium. What is the root cause, then, of the of the anger towards the ownership? Uh, well, it, it, it's a build-up, really. Um, so, it, take you back to when Farhad Mashiri came in, and um, <coughs> Ronald um, Roberto Martinez was sacked after having taken um, the team to two... FA Cup, uh, an FA Cup semi-final, a League Cup semi-final. Um, the league season was awful. Um, I think they finished twelfth, and it really tailed off. And uh, Ronald Koeman comes in, and that was supposed to be the start of uh, a brave new era. Farhad Mashiri thought the um, the Northwest was going to be the Hollywood of football. That um, that was that was the quote he used, Hollywood. Um, but Everton find themselves in this sorry state because the recruitment, um, primarily. And the decisions they've made with regards to football have been consistently bad. They've um, the signings in the main have, have not been uh, improvements on players that they they, they had uh, at the club. Uh, if I just take you back six years ago, yesterday they beat Manchester City four nil. Mm. Um, it was Pep Guardiola's first first year here, uh, and in that team, Ronaldo Lukaku was up front. Ross Barkley, Gareth Barry were in midfield. Leighton Baines um, was playing wing back. Uh, it was, you know, it was an an outstanding Everton side, and um, unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately, but it's 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 been um, an absolute um, affront to to supporters that um, the decisions and the players that have been brought in just haven't been good enough. Um, they've chopped and changed. There's, there's the squad now consists of players bought by seven different managers. It's like sort of Frankenstein's monster. Uh, it's just a really, really de- depressing state. And fans, I mean, there's some of the most knowledgeable fans in the business. And they know football. They know they know what good football looks like. They know what the team should be. And at the moment, Everton don't reflect anything of what the, of the values that they uh, they see fit. In terms of what happens with the ownership then, has Farhad Mashiri given any indication as to whether he wants further investment into the club, as to whether he's going to sell the club, or does he feel that this new stadium is going to be his crowning moment and come hell or high water, he's going to hang around to be there on that opening day? Yeah, look, he's um, he's um, he's made it clear. He has a 94% stake in the club now, so he is, he is the controlling figure. Um, he made it clear in the summer um, that he was looking for new investments. And the new investments, I think, is to help make sure that the, the, the stadium um, is uh, the stadium, which is, is going up at a rate of knots on the banks of the River Mersey, is, is, is finished and uh, to the standard that they want. Um, that, that is the, the absolute, you know, it, Everton need a new stadium as, as wonderful as Goodison is. Um, it's it belongs to a bygone era, really. I mean, it's, it's no, um, it's not conducive for a, a comfortable experience for for fans in in, in modern football. Uh, you know, in terms of queuing up for drinks at half time and um, just just the facilities, they're all the dated. 
uh, and there's no scope for, for improving it really. Um, so the, the stadium's a must, but above all, the, the team, improving the team is, is, is what really matters. And there's no point having a, a, a shiny new stadium if the team's going to be in the championship. And that sadly looks like where they're, they're heading at the moment because they're in an awful sort of vortex of not being able to score goals and conceding too many. In terms of the directors and the threat then, uh, obviously Merseyside Police have said nothing has been reported to them, but mm. like there was a story when this first came out that the chief executive, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, had been put in a headlock by a fan after a recent home game. That was from a, yeah. a club source. Like, has that been verified? Like that is, That's something that it feels will be somewhat unprecedented in modern football. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, this is, um, you have to forgive me, because it's a very, very delicate subject, subject this, and I think there's there's, there's more, um, there might be more developments later tonight in terms of the club um, issuing statements about it. Um, I don't know whether they're going to speak specifically about that, but it, you're, you're right, it's a, it's a hugely, um, very, very serious allegation that's, that's been made. And God forbid, if anybody has done that to a woman, has anybody put their hands on it? And thinks it's acceptable. They're, they're, they're an absolute disgrace. Um, and you know, going back to the, the some of the scenes that we've seen in terms of players being pursued in their cars, again, it's just overstepping the line. It's just a horrible, horrible situation. It's no way to behave. Um, but um, there's, there's there's talks going on with um, Everton and Merseyside Police, and I don't know whether they're going to um, comment specifically about certain incidents, but. Um, I think this story is going to run and run for the rest of the week. You mentioned there Everton fans, they know their football, they've been around the block. I'm wondering how this progresses with this current ownership and this current board of directors. So even if results do start to improve and everything can go on a run, there's been little sign of they can go and run and get out of the relegation zone and start moving up towards mid-table. Would that have a big impact on the... On the protests, on the attitude towards the board, or no, is this standoff no. just likely to run and run? No, I, I think I think um, the people who are protesting, um, and I, the people who are protesting, and they absolutely have the right to protest. Um, they're so entrenched in the views now that nothing, uh, nothing will uh, will um, placate them until change the, the changes that they want to see. Um, swept through the club. Now that all depends on whether Farhad Mashiri wants to do that. Um, you know, he's only he's only spoken a couple of times. He's obviously spoken to Talksport uh, briefly. He's issued a couple of statements, but he hasn't been to Goodison Park since the twenty um, first of October, I think, two thousand and twenty one, twenty second of October, maybe. Uh, so it's he's it, it, like the absentee landlord. Um, he's. It, He's taken a hands. It, it's been brief to us that he's taken a hands-off approach in, in the last twelve months. But he's really he, he is calling the shots. He's he, he's still uh, he's still in the background making making decisions. Um, and the fans want to see him um, freshen things up, bring bring new people in. But again, the, the, it's 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 an awful situation in the fact that Everton. Um, Evan at the moment that really wouldn't appeal to to it's like players they need players to come in but the bottom of the table and it's 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 the players that they want wouldn't necessarily be attracted to the situation even though Everton's just a fantastic name. And what about in terms of a change of ownership? Then we look at 
Liverpool are up for sale. Manchester United are up for sale. We've seen Chelsea go for, what, up over two and a half billion. Uh, surely there will be an opportunity with the new stadium coming down the track for Farhad Mashiri to sell up and make a profit? Um, well, that, that, that's... The, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 don't know how it's, I don't know how that situation is, is going to work out. He's made it clear that he wants investment. He made, he, if there was, I dare say, if there was somebody who came in and um, were prepared to give, you know, see out the, the the cost of building the stadium and give him his money back, then I, maybe he would jump at that. But he's such a, um, a mysterious figure. Who knows what's, what, what's next? So only three wins then on the pitch all season. They are yet again in a right old relegation scrap. And listen, the jury is very much out on Frank Lampard and his quality as a manager. It, when you mentioned their sort of Frankenstein's monster and this team been a, an amalgamation of six, seven different managers. And when you look back from a... Carlo Ancelotti was the Everton manager. Uh, from a Carlo Ancelotti to a Marco Silva who's doing wondrous things at Fulham to uh, Sam Allardyce been there. Different managers, different characters, different styles of play. It feels similar somewhat to Graham Potter, maybe at a lower level at Chelsea, that he's having to work with players that he's not quite sure about that are on enormous salaries that the club can't get rid of. And he is not getting any investment to bring in players that he might want. That Look, maybe that's just a more experienced manager can deal with that better. Possibly, but... Um, <sighs> the thing that worries me about Everton is the, is the fact that they... Um, the, the confidence is, is is just being being sucked out of them. Um, on on Saturday, that was as, as um, an alarming defeat as I've as I've seen at Goodison. Um, the moment James Ward Prowse equalised, you could sort of feel the belief sucking out of them, um, draining from them, the colour draining from people's faces, um, and the the lack of confidence that the the, the rut that they're in, um, it, it only suggests they're going. One way, and in, if we're making comparisons, I know you said Chelsea, but there's two, there's two that come to mind with me. One, Aston Villa and Sunderland, in terms of you know they had both both of those clubs had big ambitions, um, you know, in, in the early part of the, the, the century when when Aston Villa were with Martin O'Neill, they were they were pushing for the Champions League places, but they bought badly. They chopped and changed the managers. And, it can, and then they ended up paying the price in, in, in 2016 and being relegated. Sunderland, we know we, how many times did they chop and chain managers over a six-year period after Niall, after Niall Quinn had been chairman. It's um, it's, an, it's, it's an awful situation. And I'm, I'm really, really... I never believed that Everton would go down. I never, ever believed in my lifetime that Everton would go down. But on Saturday, the whole situation with how toxic and how entrenched people's views are now and the way that the way they're playing, I, I, I'm more concerned than I've ever been. And that toxic atmosphere and the effect it's having on the players on the pitch, it, it makes it very hard to judge the the quality of the side, it, it feels like at the moment, because they're all been affected so much that they can't get anywhere near their best. Because when you do look through that 11, like Jordan Pickford is, you know, the England goalkeeper and he mightn't be uh, everybody's cup of tea, but there's no doubt there's a lot of quality there. Tarkowski and Cody come in during the summer and you think, all right, got them on the cheap, but you know, rock solid Premier League defenders with a lot of experience, but haven't got anywhere near the levels they got to at Wolves or at Burnley. Uh, Amadou Onana played for Belgium at the World Cup and was probably one of the few players who you know, did all right for Belgium at the World Cup, a good young talent. Uh, Mikalenko's been a decent signing. Idrissa Gay, they were probably pleased to get back from Paris Saint-Germain. 
And like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and maybe he sums it up in his injury problems, sum it up, like he looks to have the weight of the world on his shoulders from where position two years ago where you thought like uh, Everton fans won't like it. Like this guy could easily go for monstrous money to one of the yeah, top four teams. You're absolutely right. Arsenal, um, 18 months ago, um, the the indications were that, that Arsenal were, were really going to um, go all out to get Calvert-Lewin. And I know that they this discussions had taken place at certain levels with with regard to move uh, for him going to the Emirates Stadium. That's how how good he'd been playing. Um, but you're right; it's the confidence is drained. And I mean, you, you mentioned the two central defenders, but they're not getting the protection that they need in all, all areas of the pitch. Address again was fabulous in the in his first spell at Everton, but he just hasn't got anywhere near those heights since he since he came back. Um, Anana. He was he was the one player on Saturday that that, that that had to be excused from any kind of criticism. He was excellent. Tried his tried his absolute hardest, but as I said, the, the squad just lacks depth. It lacks quality. It lacks goals, and unfortunately, um, it's going to be a struggle all the way till the end of the season. With what's going on off the pitch, is that protecting Frank Lampard right now? That the board's attention is elsewhere. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, Frank. Frank's been in football long enough. He's worked with enough managers. He's been around enough situations to know that if you're on a run of um, ten defeats in thirteen games in all competitions, it basically only heads one way. So unless he can um, mastermind something very, very quickly, um, yeah, he knows he's in a he's, he's in a very, very difficult place. He's, he's quite realistic about it. He's, he's, he's spoken openly to us about it. Um, you know, um, said he doesn't need any reassurances from the the owner. The owner came out and said last week that he he, he publicly backed him. But I think we all, we all looked at that statement and realised that it wasn't really worth the paper that it was written on because he did something similar twelve months ago with Rafa Benitez and sacked him three days later. So it really it really doesn't matter what Farhad Mashiri says in public. It, Results will dictate what happens to Frank Lampard. And there's certainly a Survivor Series feel of that game on Saturday of West Ham and Everton down at the London Stadium that you feel for Moyes or for Lampard, whoever loses it, that's probably the end of the road. And who knows, maybe one ends up at the other at some stage over uh, the next few months as well. Uh, Dominic, it's uh, pretty grim at the moment for Everton supporters, but thanks a lot for joining us and talking us through everything that's uh, been happening. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be on. Look after yourself and see you soon. Dominic King there, Northern Football Correspondent for the Daily Mail. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.